I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you possibles or stoppables? I'm Alan. I would be a possible. I'm Max. And this is Zetus Lapidus. It is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or decom in chronological order and then spend way too much time analyzing them. This week, folks, we watched Kim Possible. Semicolon. So the drama. So the drama. Isn't it the Kim Possible movie semicolon? Yes, yes, you're so correct. The, drama? Kim, the Kim Possible movie semicolon. So the drama. Call Actually, it's just a colon. Oh, is it? oh my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Of, proper nomenclature is important, friends. That's Call me and beat me if, if you, you want to reach me. me. If you want to paint me, that's okay. Yeah. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. I did love the <laughs> remix that we got of this song. The, like James Bond intro we had in this movie. Yeah, well, that was animated and. Uh, it was, it and CCR it had, singing. It yeah. had Incredibles vibes. We got a lot of CCR singing in this. Both of the, by a lot, I mean at the beginning, a little bit in the middle, and also at the end, we get that's her a, singing. That's a lot. That's a lot of CCR. Uh, the description for this film is Kim's heart is quickly captured by the new boy, Eric, who soon becomes her boyfriend. Unbeknown to Kim, her best friend and sidekick, Ron, has developed stronger feelings towards her. I don't like that that's the plot description because Kim is a lot more and this movie is about a lot more i think than her romantic i know that's obviously a a, a plot point that's but a point it didn't really mention anything like that she saved the world from an evil supervillain or anything that's she's defined by her romantic relationship molly <laughs> also it's i wonder 2005 she's taylor swift i don't know uh, i also wonder if like it's become so wrote for kim to save the world because this again this is the first animated feature we've had as a decom it follows uh a a long-running show and then a show that will continue to run after this movie where she saves the world in every episode so part of me is like is that another reason why they just don't list it because like well, she's gonna save the world again i mean that's the main part of her character i would say it's much more important than than who she life. dates this was meant to be the series finale though yes and then the show got renewed like two years later yeah like 2007 it came back but this is 2005 and it was meant to be the and it feels like a finale it does also they they did a live action in 2019 yeah they like, did that we're gonna get there we'll get there eventually i'm yeah so excited for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> this movie was as you mentioned max released april 8th of the year 2005 and i do have to know did either of you watch this movie as a kid no, I definitely watched the show. I don't remember. I was saying to Max earlier, like, I don't think I remember specific episodes of the show, but it felt familiar like Jet Jackson. Like, mm. I remember, I know Kim, I know Rufus, I know Ron. Like, I just like, I was like, okay, yeah, I remember these characters. I remember the vibe of the show. It was fun. Yeah. But same. I had not seen the movie. I don't, I mean. I don't think I saw the movie. Yeah. To be honest, I don't know that I would know because this movie just felt like a slightly long episode of this show and so if i mean maybe i guess like i don't know that i would know i know that i've seen this show i know all these characters i know the voice actors mm -hmm. i know all the things maybe i saw this movie and i just thought it was an episode i don't know because yeah. it doesn't feel different right and that's you put you put words to exactly how i was feeling which is like this does just feel like a longer episode of television than and less like a feature decom that we're gonna get that's like oh here's your feature movie like that nah, just feels like an episode well and it's only like 
it's 80 minutes. Yeah, it's not very long. It's a long. short run time. It's, yeah. I don't even know that it's 80. I think it's like I think it's 70. 70. I think it was an hour and nine minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... 69. That probably also... Nice. nice. And that includes credits, so it's probably only like really 65. Yeah. Right? Like, it's short. It is literally just like a long Double. It's like show. two... A double episode. Yeah. yeah, double feature. So, I mean, much like you both, I watched the show. Very familiar with the voice acting cast. I it, I was jarred back to all the Will Friedle moments that I had when I heard Ron Stoppable, mm-hmm. and I was like, there he is. I know that voice. I guess the one thing that I didn't realize is that Taj Maori was the voice of Wade. Mm. Yeah, we are getting like, this is a community theater like reprise. Like, yeah. this is like a reunion a episode. A bunch of people are in this one. Yeah, because we got Taj Maori, we got CCR, Raven Simone, Raven Simone, uh, Kirsten Storms, Xenon is mm-hmm. the mean girl, uh, and uh, Kim's dad was the stepdad in Cadet Kelly, Gary mm-hmm. Cole. Gary Cole's back. Yeah, like, it's like stacked. Plus, you have. Will Friedle, who's not decom, but I mean, he, he, you know, he, you know same universe. Ryder Strong is also a voice, um, also from Boy Meets World. Like this is like stacked with Disney Channel stars. Yeah. yeah, honestly, the quality of voice acting is pretty high for this, and I was like, that, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by it. I think the thing I'm struggling with, I know we haven't even gotten into it yet. I think the thing I'm struggling with for us is, to your point, Alan, it doesn't really feel like a movie. Right. And so I don't, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I don't know how to rate this. Like, it it feels like a television episode. And I, I am having a hard time thinking about what number this should get when like, it doesn't really feel like a movie. Because when we had the famous Jet Jackson, for example, which is the only other decom that we've had that is akin to this mm-hmm. whereas you know it's ha- in that listener it has had a long-running show no, even stevens right right oh yeah that's right i even just write stevens. that one or out of the rolodex CCR. i just write that out of the rolodex if i'm being honest i, I understand yeesh okay thank you molly this is the third time we've had it but it just feels so distinct because where you have the even steven movie and you have um the famous jet jackson it just it at least those callbacks had like held significance where they were like, Hey, here's these things and plot points we've established over the length of this show where the Kim, the Kim possible movie is very much like we don't, we don't make any callbacks other than one that happens at the very end. Like it's finally happening. Mm -hmm. And that's all that really ever happens. Otherwise it just feels episodic in nature and very much encapsulated in this one moment in time. So it's going to be interesting. Let's get, we'll, we'll get into it. The top song of this week Again, Candy Shop by You can't <laughs> stop that banger. Featuring Olivia. You yes. cannot Rain stop supreme. It. You cannot. You want to lick the lollipop? I do. Go ahead, girl. Don't you stop. Please. Keep going till you Good hit the God. spot. I will. Whoa. 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 I can well, have it your way. I'm uncomfortable in my workplace. I'm uncomfortable in my workplace. And I'm HR. No, no. Why are you HR? I feel like that would... I don't think you should be HR. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I think we are HR. I'm just saying I currently work in HR in a corporation outside of this one. And so if anybody is well equipped to be HR in this moment, it's me. You know what? It's me. <laughs> well, it's all of us, listener. We, we are all also, HR. as the one that is not in wedlock, I think I can mm. be the most objective. Ooh. Mm. Oh, there's, there's the curveball. I don't know, though, because I think 
I think you're going to have an Allen bias. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, after after there was penetration on Astro Orbiter, <laughs> my world was changed. I think I think if it came down to it, uh, you choosing your chaos twitter your bro you're gonna yeah. lean on the side of the bro so well, you know i hope i never have to find no. out yeah through, no. uh, through yeah. an invest an impartial investigation <laughs> yeah <laughs> i actually think ella's probably hr <laughs> yes for all of the speaking in english she can do yeah, ella would be good at hr <laughs> yeah, that, uh, i think our company is on fire yeah, yeah, if it's, HR, HR, yeah. it's bonsai yeah. <laughs> oh god we, the company's do- over if bonsai's hr uh all right the top grossing film of the time was Sahara. Did either of you ever watch that movie? I did With watch Matthew McConaughey? Yes. So yeah. I have a funny story to tell you, but it's maybe not funny. So my college roommate as a freshman, as I went into UA, uh, we uh, we walk in and the guy, one of the guys introduces himself to me and he goes, hey, my name's Dan. Call me Dirk. And I was like, what? Why and didn't he just say, hey, my name's Dirk? Yeah. You know what? Great say. question. I was like, I Dirk. And I had no idea. It like left it at that. Maybe two he weeks set later. set you up for a great line though, Alan. Okay. Hey, my name's Dan. Call me Alan. Yeah, because your name literally oh, is Dan. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't really quick-witted <laughs> as a freshman in high school or college, rather. Um, apparently not today. So we, uh, like, a week later, we turned on Sahara, uh, and I uh-huh. had I had never seen Sahara before, and I was like, Hey, that dude's name's Dirk. You call yourself Dirk. He was like, Yep, based it off of that. And I was like, Whoa! Wow! <laughs> Imagine inspiring your entire identity from. Sahara, Sahara, the Matthew McConaughey film. Yeah, you know what? Good not the him. not the worst Matthew McConaughey film. I I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. I have a, a I don't know why, but I have a vivid memory of I was a sophomore in high school when that movie came out, mm-hmm. and I for whatever reason can remember that a Friday school ended all my guy friends loaded up into a car went to the movie theater and went and saw that movie and i remember going to see that movie on that friday after high school why god if i know it's one of those i think that's nice it is nice it's crazy how some things just stick with it they just stick in there yeah i'm gonna tell you just real quick this is an aside the worst matthew mcconaughey movie (laughs) and maybe worst movie i've ever seen is serenity with Uh matthew mcconaughey and anne hathaway oh i've not seen this movie it is so bad uh-huh. my, so remember when amc did the movie pass they might still do it but sure. i don't have it yep. anywhere but pre-covid my best friend and i had movie pass and we would go to the movies every week because there was like a bunch of stuff coming yeah. out we pay one cost to. Yeah. In as much yeah. yeah and then it hit the point where there wasn't so much we wanted to sure. see but we liked our little movie date so we're like we'll Gotta just go. and hathaway matthew mcconaughey had like how bad could sure. it be a valid question to ask yeah horrible was yeah. horrible and she's like molly we gotta we gotta leave this movie is so bad we i will buy you what like can we go to splitsville i'll buy you drinks like we can we i she's like begging me to leave the theater because this movie is so bad and i'm like listen i love you but they're in the bahamas and there's a great white shark and a great white shark should not live in the bahamas and i got to know what's going (laughs) on and she's like molly there's no way that's relevant it was relevant to the ah. plot. Uh, spoiler alert for serenity the whole thing is a video game that is like 
being controlled by this kid who's dealing with emotional trauma of his dad dying and his mom being abused by his stepdad. So he builds a video game about his dad, who's Matthew McConaughey. And apparently this kid is an idiot because he puts a great white shark in the Bahamas. What a dummy. Uh, That's your takeaway. Yeah. No, but I was like furious about the great white shark situation. And it did come into play that none of this is reality anyway. Then he murders his stepdad. It's a whole thing. Whoa. It was so stupid. That was a left turn I wasn't expecting. I had a similar experience with going and seeing bad movies because I worked in movie theaters for so long, as you know. And, you know, the perk is you get in for free. Yeah. Which is great when there's good movies. Yeah, you're like Lord (laughs) of the Rings. Here we go. And then you hit the dead period of the year and you're like... Let's go watch a movie. It's like, well, we gotta go see fucking Chicken Little. You there know, you go. Like, there you go. Like, Home on the Range. Also, a January oh, release because Serenity was a January yeah. release, and you know what that yep. means. <laughs> Golly, again, I think we talked about this one other time on the pod. But how bad must it feel if you're like, yes, what? You're the Jan release. Have a good time. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, in other news of the time, Pope John Paul II passed away from Armageddon fame. Yes, from Armageddon fame. <laughs> Molly, that's how the Pope was known. And then we're going to get Benedict, right? Yes, Benedict the Eighth. Uh, Doctor Strange? That's right. Wow, he is the Sorcerer Supreme. Seriously. <laughs> by by virtue of God. The Grand say. Wizard that of is, the that Wizard is of the Sky. That is the ultimate sorcerer. <laughs> Ooh. Truly, actually, honestly, excellent use of sorcerer. Very close to warlock, but also sorcerer would apply. I like. Uh, I like to believe he's a warlock. <laughs> I also like yeah, to believe he's I a like warlock that. too. What? Yeah, don't worry about it. D and D people, you know. Um, on April twenty third of two thousand and five, YouTube founder Jawed Karim shared the unedited eighteen second video clip of himself in front of the elephant enclosure at the San Diego Zoo, and it was shot by his co founder. Yakov Lipitsky. Now, why was that impactful? Both of you. Sorry, the what enclosure? The, f- the elephant? elephant enclosure. He shared an 18-second video of him in front of an elephant enclosure. Just so, what is? why is that video significant? Is it I, the first, first video to hit a million? YouTube. First upload on YouTube, oh. period, Yeah, is that video. So, that is wild that we had it uh, founded in February. Up and operating for a bit, and the first uh, video ever uploaded. Why does it take so long for a video to go up? Video to go up. Couldn't tell you. You I mean, they would have uploaded on day one, right? Not that, not that they have users, but they're like the founder. What does the what does the what does the site look like for two months? Though, is it just a sign up site? Like, what is on YouTube if there's no videos? Yeah, I don't know. What would YouTube look like with no videos? It would be very boring like, <laughs> it, would be, then, it would be desolate I, you and scary. know if i tuned in or if i if i went to the website and there were no videos i would leave so i guess i wouldn't upload either yeah you that's I mean? true I, I know a thing or two about youtube and uh i mostly know that you put videos on oh. there. <laughs> you sure do yeah but like i just thought that was fascinating that like that is the first video that ever was uploaded that to be that hilarious site? like just think about like our first thing we uploaded mm-hmm. like it's like a it's like a nicely edited like curated mm-hmm. video that took a bunch of time max edited it together he found songs we found a bunch of clips there's text imagine if we just uploaded 18 seconds <laughs> of us like at animal kingdom that was what <laughs> also in front of an elf i love old youtube though like yeah back when it was like just a mess and like the amount of views things get now versus what they used to like Molly, you said like first video to hit a million, but like a million views would have been just like, I think un unconceivable, like a, like an inconceivable number back then. But like now, I, I mean, Mr. Beast is getting a hundred million in fucking twelve hours. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it, it's, it's just insane. 
it's crazy just the scale of which that website has grown right and the quality of yeah you got movie uh, content. quality seriously. content on there from a lot of creators seriously i mean it's just uh, again now we're at this moment in time in the in the history of decoms and it's just so interesting to like that is so poignant mm-hmm. now we're right totally so that's the top news of the time everybody are you ready to dive into the kim possible movie colon so the drama i'm ready and yes. I appreciate you getting the title right. Me too. Yeah, you know, I know uh, important. We are five times. We're we're professionals <laughs> here. <laughs> we start with a parade. I think it is the Japanese Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That sure. is the vibe that I got from this parade. I believe it's a celebration of Nakasumi Toys. Yeah, and specifically the founder and president of Nakasumi Toys. I want to make an observation here. As we're in this parade, we're sort of watching it all go down. And we we have a, a effectively a bombing run that happens over this parade. Yep. Let's acknowledge, at least in my opinion, that the soundtrack to this movie slaps. The yeah. music that we get, very good. I can I, accept. I'd that. agree. Yep. So we have a bombing run on a parade with ninjas. Yeah. And apparently, Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable, her partner. Yeah. Are. In one of the floats, sure. as this ambush is occurring, and they break out of the flo- floats, and we watch Kim Possible begin going toe-to-toe against ninjas with lightsabers. Hell yeah. Which is a crossover I didn't know I needed, I'm but, just, but I'm happy about I'm just so impressed throughout this movie with Kim's action skills. Yeah. Because she kind of reminds me of uh, Black Widow. Sure. Mm-hmm. Where she's just a person with skills and cool gadgets. Yeah. Whereas a lot of things she fights are like, have superpowers sure. or like are robots. Robots. And she fucking holds her own. She's great. And she's like 16, which is even cooler. She's a great cheerleader. And that, that's where she gets yeah. all her tumbling abilities. That, that does make sense. Being yeah. at the top of the pyramid. I mean, especially in comparison to Ron Stoppable, who can't get out of a parade float. He's a disaster. I, this might be an unpopular opinion, but there were times in this movie where I was like, I feel actively bad for that dude. (laughs) I felt bad for him no times. I felt bad for Kim that this is her partner. She needs a hot guy. She needs uh, someone who is equally skilled you know, as her. I heard hot guy, which <laughs> you know what? Kim would agree. Yeah. But also, yeah. you said Hawkeye. I said Hawkeye, so which you, you know what? He's easy on the eyes, but that's not sure, the only sure. thing Jeremy Renner brings to the Avengers table. Hell of an archer. And she needs someone like that who doesn't slow her down, but she, she needs a legless. She needs, she needs a Hawkeye. She needs an equal. Yes. She needs somebody that's going to pull their weight. Yes. Because he's not. Exactly. Yeah. Consistently, never, ever, ever pulling weight. Yeah. Correct. And like, I get it. He's just, he is the fall guy. Totally. That's, that, that's just his totally. role. He's, he's the comedic relief. And I was like, there are times like, just give him one. <laughs> it's your fucking finale. Give him one moment. Yeah. A singular time. Especially if contextually, he's just been the fall guy in the comedic relief. For a three-year run. I mean, I guess his 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 takeaway in this movie is he figures out the plot. Like, sure, he he ultimately is the one that figures out what's going on with yeah. Doctor Draken and 
that's true. Then alerts Kim so that she can actually do something about it. But um, <laughs> but he does fear out the plot, which we can give him that credit. We'll give him Good that bone. I I liked this. This felt again. Like, I feel like Rufus really figures out the plot. Though. We, love Rufus. You know, Rufus we love Rufus. We love Rufus. We love Rufus. Yeah. Yes. Rufus is the one that's like evil. Like look at the yeah, look yeah, at yeah. the He's thing. Like, this right here. This yeah. is the problem. This feels like Jet Jackson in that what I like about this and and it's because it's the uh, originally planned series finale we're right in the action yep I like that too. you know so often and again it's because we are a series finale with many years of a uh, of a run of an animated series but you are made to know you are assumed to know who these characters are mm-hmm what their roles are. Mm-hmm. So many decoms. We start with exposition, dude. Voiceover, mm-hmm. intros, freeze frame. Fuck all that shit. We are in a fight scene. I, I do. I like love that it. Too. And and again, not even being super familiar with Kim Possible, but it being vaguely familiar, I understood immediately what was going on. Yeah. And I feel like even if I'd never seen this show, it would be very easy to figure out. Yeah. Good guy, bad guy. Let's fucking go. The, the visual clarity, I would say, is great. Yeah. There is. There are characters. Uh, Kim has a counterpart that looks fucking just like her, but but evil, evil. colors, and you can tell evil like, colors. The color, Alan. I'm sorry. The color language of the film of who is good and bad, <laughs> obvious. I, I also want to say I love the style of animation. Oh, it's. Great. I think this. I think this movie is beautiful. Yeah. I love. It's. It's almost like it gives me fairly fairly odd parents a little bit. Yeah. It gives me like the opening credits of Incredibles a little bit yeah. it get, like it it's not like classic like Disney feature film animation nope. but it's not quite like what I would consider like Nickelodeon animation it's somewhere in the middle yeah. and it's really visually appealing yeah I agree it's in, like uh, I think the reason you mentioned the one thing that I noticed is they do the thing in animation that happens sometimes where like everything in the, the lines of the face are all connected or there's a lot of connectivity in the lines of the space because like eyebrow or nose to mouth mm-hmm. and which is a fairly odd parent like mm-hmm. look it's just it also makes things so clean yeah that that is something that I loved about I was like ah good we don't have a lot of extra shit happening I know who's in my foreground and who's important that I should focus on yeah. as a colorblind person. I know who's in the background that I shouldn't care about. That just gives me set. Like it was just a really nice and clean piece. I, I am curious, Alan, now that I brought that up, like obviously, I, so I'm talking about Shigo, mm-hmm. who, by the way, a sexual awakening for so many people. She is True. I'm just going to say it. This movie or this show and movie is sexy. Oh, like, yeah. oh, there are some lines where I was like, there are what? many lines that are like Kim's getting naked multiple times. Yo, in this I was show. so there surprised. Are some, there, there are, there are some, some, I wrote some down that I thought we're going to get to him. What? We're going to get to him. Yeah. Shigo is sexual awakening for many a people. Like, yep. uh, there's I no, loved her. There's no, it's no coincidence that a lot of cosplayers out here cosplay Shigo. Okay. Mm. Because I think many people discovering their sexuality watching this cartoon. That said, I'm curious, actually. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she goes black hair, black yeah. lip. So when you're, uh, as a colorblind person, commenting on, like, the very clear clarity to me of, like, what is good and bad, mm-hmm. how clear is that to you? So uh, what they do, I think what's really interesting, uh, for, like, Dr. Draken, what helps me is that I can tell his skin is gray. Mm. And I'm like, oh. That's bad. You're a bad person. Your skin is grayed. And I don't know if that's an intentional thing, but it happens a lot with people who are like slotted into the villain slot. Sure. Um, so that's helpful. And they always like, I, for me, it is always like, 
You've got sort of like natural skin tones who, that can sure. exist in good guy world. And in bad guy world, you have muted intentionally gray, like grayscale tones that live there, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting, which is an interesting choice. doesn't necessarily work always. Right. But it's, it's a trope that happens in early animation. Uh, you can see it in things like the fairly odd parents actually is, a, is another callback to that. So that's an interesting thing for me. A lot of blacks. If, if I'm like, what is that color? I'm like, you're probably a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting what it, could you see that she goes lime green can you tell uh, that i just saw that she got she a mucusy green color in my eyes but yeah i don't know what who decided one time that lime green was going to be an evil color but somebody did at disney animation because yeah. they use lime green a All the time. lot maleficent be prepared with scar ursula yeah. uses it when she's doing her transformation like lime green in a Disney movie means villain. Yep. And, and she goes, is lime green and black. Yep. And she's like, I, I love her. And she's fine. Yeah, I love, I don't, she, that uh, cartoon, she's, that she, cartoon? she's definitely a Slytherin, <laughs> which I appreciate not just because of the colors, but I, yeah, she was my favorite character besides Rufus. Obviously Rufus, yeah. number one, I'm just drawn that way. Yeah, she's, yeah, you are. She's like, I'd be on her team. Sure. Also like her, let's be clear. Are her powers listeners? She has powers. Are they acid hands? What is the, she what's shoot the power? Like a fire? Yeah, it just something. seems like force something. Like I didn't interpret it as acid. The stuff coming out of the robots looked like acid, mm-hmm, uh-huh. but also lime green. Synthodrones. Um, but hers just feels like I don't know, like a like like if I were a kid, I'd I'd call it like a plasma blast. You know what I mean? Uh, like it, some it kind reminds of like you energy, of like a, an, an energy old, blast, an old like comic where it's style. like pow smash. Yeah, like Phantom is a great example. Yeah. So like th- this. Oh, listener, all of this is happening chaotically in the first fight. We have Kim take out a bunch of ninjas with lightsabers Wait, really there, easily. There's a funny joke, because I think this movie's funny. Also, where uh, somebody goes, it's impossible. And she goes, close. It's Kim possible. And I thought that was a very funny joke. Yeah, th- that actually is something that they go back to that well a lot in the show. I remember that being a joke in the show quite frequently, and it always hits. It's yeah, a good joke. It's great. It's funny. Um, Ron has to fight a sumo ninja. At sure. this point, he does not fight well. True, but we do get a wedgie joke. We get a we get a little we get a little wedgie situation from Ron after Kim comes in and actually helps him beat the sumo ninja. Effectively, they rescue the president of Nakasumi Games. They are able to stop the siege and assault on this beautiful parade, and are then. I mean, listen, guys, they got to get back to high school. They got to finish their homework. We have like we got to get back to everyday life. We're just normal kids. So we cut immediately to being on the plane. I think there's one other thing that is funny that occurs during this where it's the, we're just normal kids that just jogged my memory, Max. Kim takes a phone call mid-fight. From oh, Monique. yeah, from Monique. Monique Raven-Simone. Raven yeah. She loves a phone. Have she's we noticed? always on Raven the phone. Raven-Simone loves a call-in. <laughs> yeah. And she's telling us about Brick mm-hmm. and Bonnie. Bonnie and Brick. Mm-hmm. Bonnie is the mean girl. She's in the show She's Xenon. She's Xenon. And I remembered her. I didn't remember her by name, but as soon as I saw her, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. you. And then Brick is a uh, football jock. Yeah. Like he's they're the, the it couple. He, like the, they're, yeah. They're, and and they're on again, off again. Yep. And Monique is calling and immediately Kim's like on again or off again. Like, yeah, she's got the hot goss. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. We're spilling tea. Yeah. yeah. It, I, that's also when we get the first boop, 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 the little Kim well, Possible phone. And then phone we also on. get Wade calling in, who mm. is man in the chair. Always. And Wade, we love Wade. is uh, Taj Mowry. Yeah. And he's calling to give them updates on who the villains are or, oh here's the tech guy upgrade he's your smart guy he's he's the uh he 
he presume no, not presumably he does build all their tech yeah and I actually don't know this from the show and maybe listener you'll know this or either of you do we ever see Wade in anything other than in a screen yeah we see him we see him outside of the screen in this movie mm-hmm. when do we see him outside the screen when the go fucking to his... toys are going nuts and he's like we cut to his room okay and he's like hiding under the table and then we get him in the screen but I don't know that we ever get him outside of that room Mm. But we definitely get yeah. him outside of a screen. Okay, that that okay. So I guess my clarity is like I don't know if he's ever outside that room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is just like what a what an interesting character to have. Like there's so much off off camera relationship with that character. I think it's cool. Yep. We save the day after blasting off with rocket skates and blaster briefs. We're on the plane. Kim's doing some homework, some geometry homework, I believe, if I if I recall correctly. Ron should be, but he's not. He's got some of. Uh, He's got some of President Nakasumi's employees doing his homework for him. He does. Enterprising young man. And his <laughs> Molly <action>. loves it. <laughs> Molly's a huge fan. <laughs> oh, Molly, that's a Slytherin move. I submit to you that Ron Stoppable is a Slytherin. No. Ron Stoppable, I, I is, Ron Ron Stoppable is Ron Weasley. He's just he is, as terrible. No, he Ron, does not make him not a Slytherin. Like, that doesn't make him not a Slytherin. Just because he has the same name doesn't make it. Does not make him wrong. I don't think he's a Slytherin for a bunch of other reasons. I agree that is a Slytherin thing to do, but I don't think he has any other redeeming Slytherin qualities because you have to be like ambitious and cunning. Redeeming. You know, it's all the bad people are Slytherins. (laughs) You know, Max. I'm going to watch somebody's head explode. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, Max, I understand that from the singular time period, you may be familiar with the Wizarding World universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, The majority of Slytherins Mm -hmm. that we get to meet from Mm -hmm. the certain characters' perspective Mm -hmm. are bad. But, like, think about all the Slytherins we didn't meet. Think about all the other years when Slytherin was not. The ones that are part of a house that. You know, our Mer- Merlin. Is that, okay, is that, Merlin. Is that who All right, <laughs> Merlin was a Slytherin. You know what? So. A, a clock, even a broken clock, right? <laughs> two times a day. That's right. You know, I think That's that right. we can all agree there are a lot of qualities to be desired in in House Slytherin, uh-huh. and uh, I don't think Ron has any of them. So. Well, interesting, but Ron 100 percent is a Slytherin. <laughs> That's that. I I'm I'm mad. That's just your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's. that's crazy talk uh okay uh she goes definitely a slytherin oh i mean i agree listen she go and like she go is like super outward displays all of the traits in like a super overt open way i, th- I do i genuinely believe that like i think ron is a hufflepuff with how much he cares about those tacos he, has lo- he, he does love a nachos. taco nachos. nachos i'm sorry yeah yeah he does and so the we- hufflepuff's common room is by the kitchen so they can get more snacks so which is a strong move. I'm not. I'm say, not faulting that move. That's probably the best. The best move. No, right? I'm not. I I think well done to Hufflepuff yeah, for that. Yeah. But I'm just saying that aligns. Yeah. <laughs> so we are in the plane. Ron and Kim are talking with. You the ever president. meet somebody and they tell you they're in your house from Hogwarts and you're like, no, like you like. <laughs> you ever meet someone you like don't really what? like that much and they're like, oh, I'm in this house too, and I'm like, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> no, is that ever? Is that? No, uh, it has that, happened to that me. That judgment yeah. does sound like a Slytherin thing. Yeah, it, does, it happens yeah. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot. It's like, happening right now. She's doing it to Ron. I'm doing it to a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I've met people and they're like, "I'm a Slytherin." I'm like, "Okay." You know that adds up. <laughs> sure, you <laughs> somebody are. is in the house. Sure, you are. I'm betting that they might have the same thoughts about other people. It's interesting. Okay. 
It's a house full of people who don't believe their counterparts really, are in the house. I'm really making my point. Yeah, <laughs> we are really woo. Okay, so Ron and Kim are chatting with the president of this toy company, and this is when I was like, "This is actually like fun." A funny joke here, where the president is consistently just like whispering into his attendant's ear, and she's translating. Listen, I'm putting that in quotes. And Ron and Kim are having this conversation back and forth with a translator and all of a sudden the president just starts speaking in English out loud to Ron and Kim and like wait a minute you've been able to do this like yeah I just like whispering to my attendant and I was like what that also happens in Harry Potter (laughs) his subtitle does say whispering in Japanese yep because I have it, I always have subtitles on. And I, I thought it was funny because I kind of like the world where he's actually whispering in English. Like, <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> like he was speaking English the whole time. Like he's just like, I do want to get some nachos. Yeah. I do enjoy whispering to my assistant, which I was like, all right, dude. They then uh, are going to drop Ron and Kim off at their school. They're sort of, uh, not even that. They're going to drop Ken and Ron, uh, Kim and Ron off at the airport local to the school and their home. And Kim's like, nah, we'll just get out here. And I said, pardon? Cut to the intro that mm. we get the, the Kim Possible remix. Yeah, we love a remix. Where they are skydiving out of, uh, out of the plane. Kim doing so effortlessly with much grace, absolutely slang. Ron, the exact opposite. Tumbling through the sky, losing his homework. He might die. I wish. <laughs> Can I tell you, this, uh, this is going way ahead in the movie, Max, but like you saying that, I thought she go died. So did I. She got, I, I literally wrote in my notes, is she go dead? I thought somebody else died at some point. There was there, a man that I think dies mm, for sure. In a, way, in a way that only animated features can do. I'm like, they're dead. Yeah. And they just show up. You're like, you have frizzy hair? Yeah. <laughs> you're alive? We'll get to it, listener. But that just reminded me. We arrive back at home, specifically Kim's home, and we are introduced to the family unit. Dad, a physicist a scientist of some variety mom a neurosurgeon by the way we do watch somebody flatline later that's who i thought was like mm. did that man just die yo no we he 100 flatline we have dr possible and dr possible doctor and dr doctor, possible doctor, possible doctor doctor, doctor 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 uh kim who is their oldest child and then the younger twins who are uh it's a rocket scientist and a brain surgeon because uh the younger twins are geniuses who have a penchant for building Missiles yep. that fly around the home and have to be battered with a frying pan a la Tangled with Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kim makes it like, this is what happens when a brain surgeon and a rocket scientist reproduce. Jim and Tim, I think their names are. That's fun. After we meet the family unit. Jim, Tim, and Kim. Jim, Tim, Kim. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. What are the parents' names in this? Jim, Tim, Kim, and... Nope, it's just Dr. Possible and Dr. Possible. Dr. Anne Possible is uh, one of the other ones. The, the Gary Cole does not have a, have a first Gene name. Gene Smart's the mom, right? Yes. After we meet Kim's family unit, it is only natural that we meet our villains in a little bit more of an intimate way. So we move to Dr. Draken's lair, following Shigo as Shigo fights some synthodrones. Uh, is that what they're called? Mm. Um, effectively, they're sacks of liquid goop that are programmed to be robots and be big bodyguard henchman-like figures. Shigo takes them out, and we just... We we walk in on Dr. Draken having an identity crisis? I, I love... I love... 
insecure villain yeah. i think this is funny as shit like i love that he's like am i evil enough to her and she's like yes you're evil like i just i think this bit is hilarious it's giving like prince john i guess from robin oh, yeah. Hood. like it's mm, like there's other villains that, that do this where they're like i don't think i'm doing a good job and then Being like their evil. little people have to like hype them up lord farquaad like I, I think this bit is hilarious and i love that she goes just like yeah you're evil this <laughs> like, is look at your death ray yeah, oh, like, yeah. Here's all the stuff you've done we get two references to disney parks we in sure this movie. Yep, yep. and this is the first one because they're like i'm testing out new methods of torture pan to it's a small world <laughs> as someone, <laughs> as someone, who, was, set on as someone who was once trapped on that ride for like 90 plus minutes i can tell you it would cause some people to crack <laughs> yeah we i mean listen the the animated reproduction of your experience did it feel accurate yeah yeah that's yeah. well, good to know dr dragon's on to something uh and then there are like, so all of these exhibits are sort of intended to let you know where his doc his being dr dragon's headspace is the last one is he has his henchman in what looks to be a teenage girl's room just sort of examining and living the life of a teenage girl which confuses shigo yeah but will be important later true it's his, it's his R&D, I believe is what he calls it. He's doing some Trying research Trying to get in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of a teenage girl. Because he needs to take down Kim Possible because she's always Kim. foiling his plans. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we also, th- did you love, both of you, the number of like really what feel like outdated phrases but might have been, you Sorry. know. Sorry. Alan, do you mean for shizzle she gizzle and word to your mother? Word to your mother. <laughs> that would, I think that was popular then. <laughs> for shizzle she gizzle. She I'm surprised we didn't get a waza. Like that feels like it's the right time period. Mm. <laughs> we get a lot of the uh, of the teen speak of the of the early aughts here, which I think was just. I mean, that was. It yeah. reminded me of how cringe we were. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah, to you. It up. did remind me of that. So after we sort of meet dr draken she go with a little bit more sort of a revisitation of them and their relationship and their plot we go to high school where we have kim cheerleading that's her main sort of role the only reason i bring this up is because brooke is on the uh, we, phone we gotta talk about this brooke we, is got on the phone. we gotta bonnie, talk about bonnie. this bonnie is on the phone this line is insane with brick this is and they're nuts. chatting and i'm just gonna say it and then we you know you two react how you feel okay uh-huh. she says the scene for you listener Bonnie on the phone with Brick, her boyfriend. They're chatting about meeting later, apparently at one of their abodes. Brick's working out. Brick is working out, probably coming home from practice. He's a star football player. She says to Brick at the end of this call, and don't shower. I like it when you glisten. (laughs) I could not believe my ear holes that this is a Disney Channel movie. That's not, even, that's not even the last thing in this scene because Bonnie now starts being like, yo, Kim, you're on the clock, dude. And uh, Kim's, your like, prom date gonna Kim, be, yeah. Kim's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, the prom. And then she says, Tara's hooked up with Jason Morgan. And I was like, what? I'm sorry, she what? And now I know that today, hookup means have sex with. Sure. And in this moment... It maybe sounds like dating or like paired up with. But later, we're going to have somebody be like, did you hook up with her? And it sounds like they mean have sex with her. Like, it feels like they're talking about teenagers actually hooking up. Okay, my only defense 
is that I think when I was in high school, if we had said hook up with, it probably would have meant, it definitely would have meant some kind of physical something, but I don't know that it meant Over sex. the clothes grinding? I think it meant more than kissing. Like anything from like making out to like- A, a fondle? Banging <laughs> was probably hooking up. What a wide net to cast there for hookup. <laughs> it's, think, it's all three bases. I, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's anything but- It's anything- And home plate, enjoy. It's anything but a single, basically. Yeah. If you hit a double or better, yeah. you hooked yeah. up. You hooked up. Well, what a, what a good barometer. Which so, I, I don't- Hey, you know, it's still crazy that it's in here, but that's my only, I I don't remember who I remember this show feeling older because this came out when I was, when we were sophomores in high school Yeah, and I definitely watched it and they can drag, they're on a prom. They're on a prom. Like this is high school. So like, I think you, you have a penchant to be like, oh, it's an animated show on Disney. And so it must be younger, but I don't actually think it was. I think it was meant for an older audience. I remember watching it and enjoying it as an older as a teenager and but but like yeah there's so much of uh like i'm telling you this show is sexy like yeah. it, it is it is made to be sexy it's uh, it's it's crazy and and i gotta say as a lover of the teen drama i'm it like sure. i i loved i talk about it a lot the oc i love dawson's creek i love a teen drama and it's fun that you have elements of that in this movie mm-hmm. because we don't often get them in decoms they're often aimed a little younger like yep. you're saying this is probably the well it this feels like the decom that is aimed at the oldest kid range now we've had decoms that are aimed at a family mm-hmm. yeah right this doesn't feel aimed at the family this feels aimed at a teenager mm-hmm. and not the family it's it is you teenager have watched this show for three years now you get to watch this to be, I feel like it would have been one of the first real like raps or finales for a teen audience from the Disney, from the yeah. Disney pocket. Right. We don't have another one. You could argue Jet Jackson, but even Jet Jackson had moments in him where I'm like, this doesn't feel like it's, it is overtly teenage. No, I think it felt like it was, it was Jet Jackson was teenage, was wholesome teenage, mm-hmm. right? Like. There was a lot of will they, won't they with mm. Jet and um, what's her name? Kyla, maybe. Yeah. But like there there wasn't any kind of sexuality in that show. There wasn't any kind like it was very when they kissed, wholesome, it was very G, very G rated. And this animated show has more provocative themes and language than Jet Jackson did for sure. Mm hmm. After we have Kim get a montage of like all the other cheerleaders going out with all the other sports stars from their different sports, which, by the way, what a variety of sports featured in this school. Um, We then cut to her and Monique having a conversation where Monique is effectively trying to comfort Kim because Monique is we stand Monique. First of all, I want to say that we stand Monique. Uh, She is trying to tell Kim to not let Bonnie get under her skin because of her assertions. Well, because the other thing about Bonnie is she not only is like being like Kim, who are you going to go with to prom? She keeps being like, if you don't get with anyone soon, you're going to have to go with Ron. Like she's like dragging Ron. Yeah. Which, you know what, Valen concern. Okay. I, I don't think from Kim's point of view, though, I don't think her not wanting to go to with Ron is crazy. Like they, they kind of a little bit like I could see where people are like, no, she should go with Ron. But like if, if Kim went with Ron at this point, she would be going with her friend 
Ron, not as anything more. Yeah. And like, I understand Kim wanting to go with someone in a romance that she has romantic feelings for that yeah. i agree with i didn't i didn't want to go with my best girlfriend when i was nice exactly i like, wanted to go with somebody that was interested in dating i, I did go with a friend mm-hmm. and i was like this is great but i would you know yeah, like of course you'd rather go with someone you're yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know other things with whatever but i think the thing i don't know enough from the show to know if this is done well is how much there is a any kind of like flirtation mm. or will they won't they of ron and kim from the show right because if if there's not if they're always just best friends mm-hmm. um then this can feel a little out of nowhere and mm-hmm. and i don't know that i like it if there's not like i think that i you know molly you and i talk all the time about like the the idea that because and this is brought about because people are always like oh you must be siblings mm-hmm. it's like why because the only way a guy and a girl can be close is either they are romantically engaged or they're related mm-hmm. like that's the only way yeah that two people can be close uh with each other yep. if they're the opposite sex and it's like no we're we're friends we're yeah. really close friends yep and so I, I I'm going to reserve judgment here and I'm going to assume that over the three year run, there's been a will they won't they of some kind. I, I will guess the same just because um, it's still pretty rare to see male and females just be friends in the media. So it's even rarer in 2005. Yeah. So my guess is that when making the show, they put in flirtations between the two of them. If for no other reason than the fact that like, that's just what every show did with every male and female friendship for the most part yeah, i'll say that just reading the reviews as i do for this like there is by and large a very positive response to uh the end of this movie spoiler alert listener where ron and kim end up romantically entangled um there is a very positive response to that and then of course you have some, like one or two people who are vocally negative about it but uh, th- it makes me think that there has been a long question of will they, won't they over the show's run. Yeah. Because if not, then this feels, uh, it, it feels unnecessary. It feels like, man, why can't we just have value in friendship? And mm-hmm. like, why do they need a date? Um, but if they've been doing that the whole show, then it makes sense that this is the finale and you're going to end on them ending up together. Obviously, you're going to do that. Yeah. It's the Judge Jackson thing. Right? I, am, like, I am equally curious if two years later they stick. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I don't I, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, so I would be curious to know on either side. But either way, uh, neither here nor there. What we have after this this pep talk with Monique. Kim gets a pop up pop up call. They're like, where is Draken, who is in the Bermuda Triangle, which is both a geographic location and a bar for no other reason than we want to know what draken is doing kim and ron get in their scuba suits through really gross looking water and make their way to this site where this is another time where we have like the undressing moment where ron kim asks ron to turn the other way i think it's the first time that happens mm-hmm. um kim gets in a Kim gets in a dress, wig, gets ready to go inside to do some reconnaissance work. There's a lot of leg in this scene. A lot of legs in this scene. We then have Ron get in his dad's prom suit, mm. and he says this line, which I was like, oh, buddy. It was, it's my dad's. Bought it for his prom. Never been worn. And I was oh. like, oh, Ron, bro. And it's, it's, it's the Dumb and Dumber blue tuxedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but, but that, with the roughly oh yeah, yeah. shirt the, right? yeah that, that that line was like dude yeah oh rip so they head into uh the bermuda triangle and they are attempting to uncover what dr draken is up to uh he's there to meet with somebody by the name of big daddy brotherson yeah who might daddy, be one of my favorite brotherson. characters in this entire sequence because of how just ludicrous it is <laughs> it's just like he is an animated character from the big lebowski <laughs> like he is just like <laughs> His entire vibe is just weird. It's crazy. So Shigo is like, hey, Dr. Draken, before you go in to talk with Big Daddy Brotherson, here's some things you need to know. He's like, I don't need to know it. I'm just going to go inside. So he heads up inside. Uh, and the first, like, he doesn't get to meet with Big Daddy Brotherson because like, there's a bit that replays over Shigo, who is now intentionally withholding information mm-hmm. from Dr. Dragon, and he just continues to be thrown out of Big Daddy Brotherson's uh, space, which I just thought was hilarious. Like, you need to know the password? Yes. Big Daddy Brotherson loves silly little games. And I was just like, it's just, I was like, this is a funny sequence. I enjoy this. Yeah. While we have Ron and Kim go through the air vents, Kim successfully, of course, making her way into the women's restroom and out. Ron using lipstick to absolutely obliterate the air vent uh, and fall outside of a poker game. Mm-hmm. Now, may I pause you right there? Please. I love Kim's spy lipstick mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. uh is a stunner right or it's a, well, it's a laser it's a laser and then at one point she gets uh something else that's like a stunner or like puts you to sleep or a, it's like yeah. a chapstick or yeah. something okay picture this i'm ready you're a super spy yeah an international super spy uh-huh. what mm-hmm. is something that you regularly have on your person yeah that you would then turn into one of your super spy tools ah uh. and what would it do probably a wallet because like imagine if you just like I got one as well that's a like trigger that pops out the cards. Imagine there was a secret slot that like popped out. Uh, I mean any number of tools, a utility tool. Ooh, or or let's say you want to do like a breach and entry situation that pops out a card that you slap on a door and it <laughs> opens it. That's super. That's super spy. Slick. It's very stealthy. Nice. Slick. Nice. The James Bond answer. I don't wear them a lot, but a watch is always a good answer. Mm. You know, like the watch classically golden i had the laser on the watch it can trigger uh remote explosives mm-hmm. it could be a communication device mm-hmm. it could mm-hmm. be you know sure a watch is a is a classic i agree i don't carry a, a lot of things and so a wallet is a great answer of things i actually carry nowadays we all have supercomputers in our phones though so mm-hmm. you know that also uh that is a super spy device a in super our pocket device yeah. mm-hmm. uh maybe like when I, I remember i used to have a karambit on my key ring that could be something that you could like unfold into a, a device of some variety mm-hmm. what about you i think i would want a hair clip that could double as some kind of weapon sure like could it be really sharp or something and yeah, you yeah. pull it out and it's like a weapon uh um, throwing dart yeah and then i also think i think the lipstick's a good move yeah as someone a lover of lipstick i think if i had a lipstick that was like actually a knife or like something that could yeah pick locks or do mm. maybe it's a um an sd or a a USB that I could pull spy information as I sure. need it. Um, and when we went to the spy museum in New York, they actually had a wall of like everyday objects turned into spy things and lipstick was one of them. So that's pretty cool that that's mm-hmm. like kind of real, but that's I just thought, cool. I just love, I've not seen a ton of spy movies. Like I've never seen a James Bond movie, but I love <gasps> the idea of like turning 
everyday things into cool little spy gadgets. Hmm. It is shocking to me you've never seen a James Bond movie. Not one. Huh. Well, if I watch one, it's going to be the one with the sharks. There's just so many of them. With so with the variety with of the names. Sharks? I love the Sean Connery era names of James Bond movies. Octopussy. That's now, a fun one. Now, what I do know about James Bond is how fucking great the 007 game is on N64. Hell oh, yeah. Yo, we need to play that. That game is good. You remember the terrible split screen of, of year of we yesteryear? Should play that. I've got it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay, so we have, as this is happening, Kim is doing reconnaissance. Ron is playing in an underground poker game in which he is well over his head because uh, honestly, I don't blame Ron for this one. They haven't taken the fucking jokers out of the deck because he still winds up with one in his hand. Ridiculous. I think he gets two in his hand. It's oh. crazy. Yeah, it is wild. He bet he gets both of them. Good for him. He bets a lot of money too. But he wins. No, he loses. He loses. He loses Does he very win at badly. one point? No. I'm giving him too much credit. Wow. So the ultimate goal of Dr. Draken here is to get a name, some information from Big Daddy Brotherson, uh, specifically the name of a technology that is used to enhance electronics and robots to mm-hmm. allow them to grow in size to repair. And after all the shenanigans, he gets a name, Dr. James Timothy Possible. And it is now at this <gasps> point, now we know why it's Jim and Tim are the names of the kids because they're just his namesake. James Timothy Possible, that just hit me and wow. I'm, my brain blew, is exploded well a little done. bit. Wow. Who happens to be Kim Possible's father. Bum, bum, bum. Wow. And also weirdly, Dr. Draken's college classmate. I love this. It's giving, <laughs> it's giving uh, Meet the Robinsons. Yeah. So as this information is uncovered, Kim is now once again in a fight with Shigo. Ron is again messing can, shit up. Can I say something? And I don't want it to be weird. Okay. This is a sexy fight. <laughs> it is a sexy fight. And much like Val and Brink to Kim and Shigo, I say kiss already. Yeah. <laughs> because there is sexual tension. Yeah. Yes. It's pervasive. It's yeah. like I was watching it and I was like, this is... It's like watching an Avengers. Like, it's like when you watch, like, Black Widow and uh, Florence Pugh. Like, when you watch, like, the female Avengers, like, fucking just kicking ass. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, kind of hot. Like, But, like, not being weird because they're, like, animated children. But, like, I don't know. It did not feel like a kid fight scene. It felt like an adult movie Mm -hmm. fight scene. Yeah. They also are drawn. I mean, they're the same. Yeah. But like if you look up the wiki, it's like Kim's 16 and she goes 30. So oh, okay. I'm good being into Shigo. <laughs> <laughs> that one feels less weird. You feel better now. But no, it, it just doesn't feel like because we've seen we've had other superhero movies. Yeah. We've had Up, Up, and Away. We've had other fight scenes in movies. And like they didn't feel like this. This feels like. No. The, this is also our first animated mil- yeah. movie. Yeah. Which I, I think allows them to do things we have not had yet yeah. right like i remember about jet jackson one of the things i said when i rated highly was like i like that we got an action scene yeah right like most of these decoms are not giving us yeah. action and not only are is this have action it's good mm-hmm. after this entire sequence at the bermuda triangle we once again go home because we have Shigo and Dr. Draken escape through a helicopter that carries a platform that acts as an elevator that they fly back through the the, the air to their lair. Uh, unintentional rhyme there. 
And Kim and Ron head home, where Kim walks to to discuss some boy trouble with Dad. This this scene had me cracking up. This yeah. was very funny. Where she's like, "Dad, I have to talk to you," and he's like, "Fire away!" And she's like, "It's about boys," and he like glitches, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> let me call your mom," and like gets his mom on the phone. And this is when Kim talks to mom about dating on speakerphone as she is in the middle of surgery. Where it cuts to her in surgery, the dude's legs are twitching, and he fucking flatlines. Yeah, and she's like, gotta go, Kim. And I was like, did this man just die? Like, did... While while discussing a teenager's dating life. Yeah, like, that feels like a, a malpractice suit right there. But, like, I just was like, this is... She's, she's talking to her mom, and she's like... Because you haven't gotten the reveal that she's working. She's talking to her mom, and she's like, I... I just, I, you know, I, I'm getting all this pressure and Monique thinks I should just go with Ron and, and, and I don't want to because of the, and mom's like, because of the food chain. Yes. Well, well, no, but yes. And, and so they're going back and forth and then she like hears and one of you the other, go with Alex. one of the other doctors is like, well, my son doesn't have a date to the prom. And she's like, mom, are you, am I on speakerphone? And I love it. Cuts to mom doing surgery. And she's like, hands free is the only way. Yeah. She's like, I got my hands in a dude's head right now. Yeah. Like after all of this situation, we have the introduction of a new player into the event, a strapping young drawn lad named Eric mm-hmm. who meets Ron as they are initially competing over a, motorcycle parking spot. And I use the word motorcycle loosely because what Eric is riding is a motorcycle. What Ron is riding is a beat up old Vespa. It's a Vespa. Uh, And they're having this conversation, but quickly Ron takes a liking, at least initially to Eric, because Eric is like, ooh, cool naked mole rat. We do like Rufus. We stand Rufus as a unit. Mammoth Club stands Rufus. Mm -hmm. Ron takes Eric to the school. Eric is the new kid. He's here to show him the ropes. And Mm -hmm. Eric goes... Well, actually, I think the exact exchange made me chuckle was, I know everything about the school. Fire away. Ask me anything. And Eric goes, well, can you tell me where to get my class schedule? And Ron goes, no, I'm, I'm not really a nuts and bolts guy. I'm more of a big picture sort of fellow. <laughs> and I was like, I wow. Do, I do appreciate the uh, sort of meta irony here that uh, Ron, voiced by Will Friedle, is interacting with a character by the name of Eric. It is fun. Yeah. V fun. It is fun. And, and you know why that's so fun? Okay. Tell me, Molly. Why is because, it funny? Because Will Friedle, again, who's voicing Ron, famously played Eric Matthews on oh, Boy Meets World. Oh, that's a joke. Thank you so yeah. much. All right, Alan, let's move on and, to the and next. You know and <laughs> you know who he's often speaking to who's in, that? in Boy Meets World? Maybe, Max, you could help me out here. Mm-hmm. He's he's calling to his neighbor. Fina. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's often calling his wonderful neighbor, Mr. Feeney, the mentor of yes. the show. Uh, yeah. Amazing. He's played by William Daniels. William Daniels reappeared in my life many years later as Dr. Craig Thomas on Grey's Anatomy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, another person, uh, a character on Grey's Anatomy, she had a short-lived character art, but it was very impactful, was a young girl named Camille. She happened to be the chief's niece. She was very, very sick. She wasn't going to make it, and she was going to miss her prom because she unfortunately didn't have much time left. Um, so they throw her a prom in the hospital, which becomes oh, a very important plot point, but also I thought poignant for the fact that the prom is a yeah. key feature of this movie. Yeah. And now this uh, Camille is played by Tessa Thompson, who you two probably know as Valkyrie 
in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, we love Valkyrie. We do. We, we do. Um, of course, Valkyrie, part of the team that comes to save the day in Avengers Endgame um, to reverse the snap from Thanos. One of the many characters that does get snapped is Laura Barton Hawkeye, who we were talking about earlier. Uh, his wife, played by Linda Cardellini. Uh, she plays Dolores in the film The Green Book. Have y'all seen that movie? It's great. I only watched it like once, but I remember really liking it. It's got Viggo Mortensen and uh, Mashahara Ali uh, and, and they're great, but you know who's really great? Brian Hayes Curie, who plays the Maryland State Trooper. I mean, just... The Maryland State Trooper, a, Rupert, a role like a role like no other, uh-huh. and uh, you know that was following up his success as NASA Tech Number Nine. Oh, we're on number in, nine uh, in the 1998 cinematic masterpiece Armageddon. Armageddon, nice, guys, yep. wow, NASA Techs. And, and of course, of course, we, we're bringing it back to our lead from Armageddon, Harry Stamper, played by Bruce Willis. He also played the lead in The Jackal, where he played the jackal uh and one no. of the first things he does is murder Lam- lamont who is played by jack black oh, and jack uh black. one of my favorite jack black roles i feel like a little underrated is when he plays lance brumder in orange county have you guys seen that movie i, have seen I that don't movie. think i've seen that oh movie. you would love it it stars colin oh, hanks we're my same height that is neat that is neat uh, and they are brothers, uh, Jack Black and Colin Hanks, and their dad is John Lithgow. He plays mm. Bud uh, Brumder, who John Lithgow, obviously very famed actor. He's the voice of Lord Farquaad. But you may not have um, remember that he's the voice of the villain Jean-Claude in the Rugrats in Paris. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Now my favorite. Jean-Claude Frollo? Uh, no. <laughs> no. no. Alan? He, Alan? He's in Rugrats in Paris. No, Alan? Yeah, exactly. Jean-Claude Frodo. No, Alan? It's Judge Claude Frodo. We don't know Judge... It, it could be Jean. It's Did you say Claude Frodo? Claude Frollo. <laughs> okay. I was confused. Yeah, I'm the one who's confused. Jean-Claude Frodo. No, when I... <laughs> wow, the crossover. When I met Alan, he told me that the villain from Hunchback of Notre Dame was named Jean-Claude. And I was like, no, no, it's his title. <laughs> well, we don't know what his first first name is. Name is it could be John? No, his name is Claude. Claude could be it. No, it's Judge. Like Van Damme. No, Judge Jean Claude Claude Van Damme Frollo. (laughs) The name just keeps getting Frodo Baggins. (laughs) Jean Claude Van Damme Frollo Frodo Baggins. Hello, Judge John Claude. No wonder he's so mad. <laughs> His name is my every name too. <laughs> uh, but but in Rugrats in Paris, you have the whole gang, including my favorite of the Rugrats, Angelica Pickles. That adds up. Who is voiced by Cheryl Chase? Of course, Angelica also appears in the Rugrats TV show for many many episodes, uh, and she's always making fun of those dumb babies, particularly Chucky Finster. Mm. And uh, Chucky Finster was voiced by Nancy Cartwright, who in this film voices the best character, Rufus. Nice. Ending on Rufus. That's solid play. Yeah, and I know what you're thinking, Molly. You could have not done Angelica Pickles and you could have just gone from Rugrats in Paris to Rufus, but I couldn't have because actually the role of Chucky was split uh, between Christine Cavanaugh and uh, Nancy Cartwright, and Rugrats in Paris is is Christine Cavanaugh. So I know you were really concerned about the yeah. extra step in the Armageddon, but it I, was because Chucky yeah. Finster was uh, 
I different, did different think a lot people. about that. I know. I'm not going to lie to you. I Whenever we go out, the, the people, people always shout, there goes Judge Jean-Claude Frollo Frodo Baggins. <laughs> Van Damme. God damn it. Judge Jean-Claude Van Damme Frollo Frodo Baggins. Love the Shire. You've been armageddon the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. After this sequence, after we meet Eric, Eric immediately wants to boink Kim. There is no secret. Kim reciprocates through making some googly eyes at Eric. And we get a well-executed montage, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is where uh, the next instance of hooked up I heard because Eric meets Ron and they're in the lunchroom when he sees Kim for the first time. And he's like, hey, who's that girl? Which then, you know, you get the... The classic, he points the direction and Ron's like, that's the cafeteria lady. Yeah. They say you can get good food, but you know, anyway, so mileage may vary. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh no, that's, that's Kim possible. He's, she's my best friend. And he's like, uh, oh, so you know her hooked up and Ron's like, ew, no. And it, I, I'm telling you, it doesn't sound like paired up in this case. Mm-mm. No, the implication is, is. You've hit a double. Uh, <laughs> at least. At least. at least a double. So this montage is... I have is, a question. Yeah, go on. To all of our wonderful listeners who are not American baseball fans. <laughs> oh. Is there a sports reference mm. used predominantly, I would say, by like high schoolers, maybe middle schoolers, yeah. uh, to refer to different sexy acts? Stages of... Stages of... Stages of physical Stages intimacy. of physical intimacy. We don't need to go through all of them right now, but let's just say if you hit a home run, you yeah. go all the way. Yeah. Uh, and this is very common in american schools yeah. that this is how you first base second base third base. yeah home. like oh you hooked up with so-and-so yeah we got to second like yeah. whatever so what is the is there a soccer equivalent is yeah. there like a cricket cr- badminton like what what yeah. is the uh the shuttlecock what about the uh what's um what's that canadian sport that's in the in the Olymp- oh, in the curling. winter olympics curling, curling. Yeah. Is there like and a people cur- wonder why i think that's a made-up place <laughs> Come on. I need to know if there is fucking a... Fucking brooms uh, out of weight or whatever it is. Somebody, Jesus Christ. Somebody in Discord, don't get too weird, but somebody in Discord, let me know what the international yeah. sports... Don't uh, get weird. Just tell us the sport. <laughs> just tell us the sport. Don't give us the breakdown. No, I want the breakdown. Oh, my God. <laughs> but not too much. Yo, I... First of all, whoop. Don't I've, spoil Alan. We want the community. I want oh, the yeah. community to, to well, weigh in. Listen, here's the deal. This uh, this is this is American football. And one, American, we don't need football. I, I we know need that, baseball. I, listen, I know that. I literally just wrote a Google search, which, by the way, I don't recommend you do this at home, everybody, which is sports metaphors for sex. Nope. And what I've got here, and there's a whole list, but I'm only going to read one of them. Uh, it's Muddy Touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, read it. Read no, it. It literally says, no explanation required. Required. That's all it says next to it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we have after after this meeting, Kim and Eric have a spark, and we set off a montage of their burgeoning romance. A part of this montage is Ron playing the third wheel and him becoming more and more disgruntled. At this point, he believes he is disgruntled because he is losing his best friend. Yeah. And their relationship dynamic is changing where he's not going to have his friend around. Mm-hmm. 
This represents itself in many different scenes. We don't need to spend time highlighting a lot of them, but just know Ron is disgruntled. Yeah. The most important scene of which that we get is there is a pizza night at the possible household. Ron must be there a lot. Eric is there as well. They're eating pizza. They called uh, Dr. Timothy Possible and like, hey, what's your pizza? I want my bacon pizza. Great. I'm going to be home late from work. And we find that Dr. Draken is there to take Dr. Possible hostage to understand Project Hephaestus. Mm-hmm. I love a, love a Greek mythology reference here, uh, which he needs, he, Dr. Draken needs for his evil plot to take over the world and ultimately kidnaps Dr. Possible. And I love the interactions that we have between Dr. Possible and Dr. Draken, where he's like, my teenage daughter isn't afraid of you. Why should I be Drew? (laughs) That feels like getting Voldemort with Tom. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I also love Dr. Draken being super meta after he's been like during the scene. Doesn't anyone respect the captive captor relationship anymore? (laughs) This is, this is just well done. The writing for this is very, very funny. Ultimately, Dad deletes Project Hephaestus, but Dr. Draken has a, a ambiguous tool called the brain tap. Mm-hmm. Which we got set up before. When she go first, when we first go to Dr. Draken's lair, uh, Shigo is approached. Dr. Draken's not happy with Shigo because she failed to bring in Kim Possible. She failed to bring in the president of Nakasumi Toys. And they're like, we're going to tap your brain. And she goes, go tap yourself or whatever, <laughs> which I thought was a good line. Yeah, um, And... And then just a few minutes later, that guy comes in and he says, like, Dr. Draken, without somebody's brain to tap, the machine's pretty useless. So we've been getting a foreshadowing that we're going to tap a brain. And so when he deletes it and he says, it's okay, it's all gone, but it's up here in my noggin, Dr. Draken gets to use his brain tap. He sure does. Yeah. He also then we get a we get a call from uh, for Kim as she's like my dad has been taken hostage Ron we gotta go find him so they run into Doctor Draken's evil secret lair which is not secret at all it's just an evil lair where he is Doctor possible hostage over a giant squid in a much too small tank after a confrontation Kim is set to fight a number of these syntho bots while Ron is also there and. We have Dr. Dragon be like, Always displeasure with Ron. <laughs> we have Dr. Dragon. This is my latest death ray. It's killer. <laughs> I, I was like, I like I it. I love him. Ron, in this moment, really just does it. Like, this is when I was like, bro, writers, animators, throw him something. Because no. he just doesn't do anything. There is a point where he is actively engaged with the squid to try to rescue Dr. Possible. And even Dr. Possible is like, no, you're you're gonna get captured. Watch out! And then, sure enough, he's just. He, I was like, bro, this is. Come on, it's the finale. Give the guy something. She she deserves better. Kim deserves a better partner. I mean that I'll agree he's with. Emotionally supportive. He's very emotionally I, supportive. Listen, and I love nachos, so I understand his nacho yeah uh, quest, and I I I I get it, but. He is a terrible sidekick. Well, True. I'm so happy you bring up Bueno Nacho. Yeah. Which it's is a bub- key plot point. Which is Ron's haunt. He loves the Bueno Nacho. Very common in the show, too. Yes. They're always there. Uh, it turns out around this time that Bueno Nacho is under new management. Yeah. And Ron is unhappy about it. Yeah. His favorite special is no longer. Nacho Night. 
yeah, he can't get nachos for $4 on Nacho night. Why is it not Nacho night? I don't know. Anyway, he's mad that uh, they're changing the different menu items. My favorite part, though, is when he's yelling at the manager and he's like, well, I, we'll, I, we'll get to this. Soon. Is it the bendy straw rant? It's the straw. Uh, the, this is the last straw. It's not. We have it's more. It's not. We we've got more. more in the back. And he like pulls. I laughed. <laughs> I laughed. It's it's so interesting. Like they have. It's at this point where like I put in my notes. I was like, I figured out the plot to this. But like this is yeah, I still, sure. I'm still still enjoying it. We have Ron now at Bueno Nacho. It's the, we've had the cycle of like your Nacho night's done. We now have the cycle of him talking with the, the guy at the counter. like, they're changing everything, Ron. And like, it's just a, we're going to have kids in here. Kids on kids on kids. They're making a, a bueno meal, which is just going to be filled with toys. And the demographic's going to change entirely. And I'm like, you mean like good for business? They're like, <laughs> really? Dragon <laughs> like, is saving the franchise. They're making good business decisions. Yeah. Ron doesn't support capitalism. Mm, <laughs> me neither, but... <laughs> 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 I just want it for me. Ron is not Ron Swanson. I'll tell you that. Mm, true. They uh, we get Ron losing his mind on the television as he takes some microphone from a reporter as the possible family watches, which I was like, that's wild. Because they're announcing the new toy. Yes. It's like a little the little Diablo. Little yeah. Diablo. Yeah. Which everybody's gonna get in their wonderful little bueno meal. I would get a bueno meal. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But Mrs. Dr. Possible, Dr. Ann Possible, I should say, recognizes that Ron's turmoil might not just be because of the Bueno Nacho changes and talks about it with Kim and encourages Kim to go and meet with her friend because they've been BFFs forever. And Kim goes to their treehouse, which has some new decoration, mainly the sign that says no girls allowed. Yeah. Ron, homie, not doing yourself any favors here, pal. Kim climbs up inside the treehouse. They have a they have a conversation, um, and ultimately, what comes of it is Kim is like, "Hey, regardless of what happens with Eric and I, our relationship isn't going to change," which I think is a beautiful sentiment. I think that's very nice. I think that is the the movie hinges on the fact that the relationship has already started to change in this way. Can I say something that annoys me about mom? But it annoys me because of the patriarchy not because of mom specifically it's just a very specific example of it mom when kim called is like but you could like ron as more than a friend like she's immediately like go with ron do your friend and now mom's like your friend is sad like your friend likes you go talk to him and it's just like kim's the one who's got to do the emotional weightlifting in this relationship oh you're exactly right ron actually says a line later that i hated and i wrote it i wrote it down which is to do what a no to do what no man should ever have to do talk about his feelings yeah and Mm -hmm. at that point i was like fuck no no that line in and of itself encapsulates all the bad men out there talk about your feelings it's healthy cathartic and good that's the mid 2000s that's not Nothing surprising about that, I would say. Um, I don't like the mom being like, date date Ron, he's your friend. I, again, I, it's hard to know really the whole arc of this without knowing all the show, but just in a bottle, I don't like it that it's like, well, you could date Ron, he's your friend, whatever. I'm, I'm good with her being like, hey, this is your best friend. 
he's clearly upset about something and he needs you, mm-hmm. right? I'm good with that. I don't like it in combination of, yeah. well, because he's your friend, you should just date him. He's yeah. fine. It's, it's, right? It like, felt like a piggyback on the totally. first thing. And right. especially because mom's the one that figures out Ron likes Kim. Yeah. And it feels like that's why she's encouraging Kim to go talk to him. I just don't like that for, for the same reasons. And yeah, I just yeah. don't like it that it's like, no, Kim, you're the woman. You go, you go talk about feelings. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think it's... it. This relationship piece is so hard because like the having best friends and then somebody, I don't care if you're uh, uh, a boy and a girl or whatever, it doesn't matter, but having two best friends and then one gets into a relationship is such a relatable high school experience. Very tough. And it's so hard and often it's somebody gets left out and there's so many hurt feelings. And I think that's a fine enough story. I don't need Ron to like her. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine enough that he's like, we're best friends. I've been with you our whole lives. You're the most important thing to me. And now I'm grappling with what it means for you to be connected with somebody else and to us not have as much time together. That's good enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I actually don't need, but again, I don't know all the things that have happened in the show mm-hmm. and yeah. how much we've done. Well, they won't they, but if this were only going to be this thing and there was no other context, I would prefer that they're just friends and it's just him dealing with kind of like what it means for Kim to be in a relationship. Now, obviously this has been very like, this has been clear since Eric's uh, introduction that this dude is bad. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think it's so obvious on his intro that like, this is a bad dude. And so it's also hard for me to take any of this seriously. Yeah. Cause I'm like, there's no real stakes here. Cause I know he's going to be revealed to be a bad guy. Yeah. He, uh, there, it was, I just remember writing down when I was planning and thinking to myself, he's a robot. Yeah. No shot. He's anything but a robot because we've had a, we've had scientists in a teenage girl's room. This dude is able to do everything to a T and, and it can, we get it confirmed later because Eric invites Kim to prom, well, not confirmed, but we continue to mount the suspicion, I should say. Eric invites Kim to prom, shows up on prom night to pick Kim up. He and uh, Dr. Possible are going to have the, you know, the the sort of stern talking to that he like beats Dr. Possible to the It's like, no, I think the curfew should be t- right. That, that entire sequence. And during the picture taking session, other Dr. Possible, Dr. Ann Possible is like, hey, do you want to take any pictures for your family or is your family going to come here and like take pictures as well? And he's like, no, my dad's working on a really big project. I don't really see him that often. Mm-hmm. It's just my dad. It's just my dad. And he's mm-hmm. working on a big project. Yeah. And so that's when I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you mean your father and creator, Dr. Draken there, right. Eric? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, my note for Eric long ago was just, he gives me the ick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big ick. Big ick. But yeah, this is when I was like, oh, got it. He's he's working for doctor. Yeah. Now Dr. this. D. Yeah. Now, d- did you say Dr. D? Dr. Dr. D. Dr. D. This Dr. is. Dr. D's nuts. nuts. <laughs> I was there too. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, this is. This is just. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> D's nuts joke will never not be funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is like the two hooves up moment, man. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> you good, pal? <laughs> oh. 
Hey, who sings that song, Thunder? No, 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 no. You mean Imagine Dragons? Imagine Dragon T's nuts across your face. No. <laughs> I'll never forget. Behind the scenes listener, every time they play that song in Animal Kingdom in Dino Land, uh, I text Axe and Malin. Axe and Malin. <laughs> every time I text Axe and Malin. There's a do 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 people. I say, I say, who sings this song? And I make one of them say it. Like a very long, long ago, I remember we we had this conversation because I had I had you, gotten you D's got nutted. And, uh, gotten D's I had gotten D's nutted. I had gotten D's nutted. D's nutted. on. The act of, nutted the on. Act of being. <laughs> yep which is just the act of being at the butt of a d's nuts joke yeah so i texted molly max did i tell you this story? i texted molly and i was like hey who sings that song you know believer believer mm-hmm. maybe or not 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 that uh yeah that's him yeah i was like who sings that song and she goes I don't know. Can you see me more lyrics? <laughs> like actively trying to be helpful. And I was like, now, we now we're all, we all do that shit. Yeah, Every yeah. time it comes around, we try to put it back on each other. Yeah. But like that original time was like, Molly was like actively trying to be helpful. And so when she was like, imagine dragons, is it this song? Sends me the song. And I was like, imagine dragon D's nuts across your face. And she goes, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Speaking of uh, bands, NSYNC just got back together yeah, last they night. Did. Yeah, they did. Like, Molly, did 30 you, seconds. how did you have their music? Like, on what format was it on? Oh, yeah, you, what format you know, was it? You it know, uh, it was definitely some of my first CDs. CDs nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other one that Max got me with. He sent a text to the group chat, hey, I'm having a debate with people at work. Did you have more si- cassette tapes or cds and i say cds he's done it on i just remember <laughs> i was in universal hollywood i'll never forget i was getting off the tram tour and i'm like i'll help him with his whole debate I'm like damn it on this i was on the damn escalator oh, going up yeah yeah the the uh, the pro tip chat is you got our chat the pro tip listener is that you just gotta make it sound like it's nothing suspicious at all no. like hey i'm just like I, I'm having a debate with some friends. Like, which one of these did you have more of yep. because of our uh, age? Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. like, oh, oh man, man. hook, line, sinker. Got me good. So good. Uh, okay. So Eric is sus. We now know they are, they are going to prom and the, the, pl- the plot is a moving and grooving. We are now about to reach the climax. Mm-hmm. Oh, and at the prom, they're playing Get Your Shine On by Jesse McCartney. And I was immediately blasted back to mm. 2005. This is a good time for jesse mccartney it was while they are dancing they being kim and eric ron goes to eat his sorrows at bueno nacho Mm -hmm. and this is when he absolutely loses his gd mind over a straw well he says hold on while they're okay so kim and eric are going to prom yes Mm -hmm. ron's getting ready for prom he right. was getting ready. Because he was putting on his tux because he was going to confess his feelings to Kim. Right. So he says he's going to do that. And then he doesn't go. Does yeah. he see them? Because um, we see him get into his tux. Yeah. He says, Rufus, I'm going to go tell her. And then I'm pretty sure the next scene we see him, he's in casual clothes walking into Buena Nacho. He must have. Did we ever see it's him? It's not resolved. He literally falls on Rufus on the bed and is like, I can't do it, Rufus. And like, that's how he that. He just chickens out. Okay, chickens out. All right. I must have yeah. uh, forgotten that part. Um, but he's he's at Buena Nacho and uh, 
everything's sus there, but he's not paying attention to any of the sus activity because mm-hmm. he just wants his nachos yeah. and to drown his sorrow yeah. in, in delicious Tex-Mex treats. Yeah. But the part that's so funny is the... Uh, kid that's working there writes in the diablo hot sauce evil on his tray yeah and rufus is trying to get him to look at it and he goes <gasps> and he walks up to the counter and he goes this is the last straw and he and the like evil henchman goes no it's we have many more in the back and he like holds up a handful of them i laughed out loud i was like that is a very good joke and then it goes even further because ron still isn't even mad about the evil he hasn't even noticed he's mad that they got rid of bendy straws you know what i thought this is a very like two decades later thing I, my immediate thought was it's a paper straw. <laughs> like, that was my my immediate thought was like oh he's gonna be pissed because it's gonna dissolve and become a tampon in his mouth and like yep. in he True. was actually like that would not be a 2005 joke. No, that we would be the there, joke. Yeah, but that would be the joke today. That would be it the would joke be. now. Now he is so incensed by the lack of bend in his straw. Do you guys like a bendy straw? Love oh, a I love a bendy straw. straw. Yeah. Why would you not like a bendy straw? Do they make bendy fake? plastic straws bendy paper straws i haven't i don't think they're paper i think they exist though because there's one like brand there's one brand that does a hell of a of a of straw so they do make bendy paper straws but i've had the bendy paper they're terrible they are not very good again most paper straws that we have that i have utilized do just soak up water and turn into a tampon in your mouth mm-hmm. tampon applicator tampon applicator in your mouth ron is incensed by the lack of bend and so he gets Wade on the horn and he says, Wade, I want to go to the top. He goes, well, I, it's, it's going to be difficult to find the CEO's number of Bueno Nacho. Don't worry, though. I found it. Wade is a MVP. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Wade comes in clutch so much throughout this movie. And he goes, all right, patch me through. The phone rings. It's in an office. We've got a crazy tuxedo on somebody. And you, the phone gets picked up and you hear Dr. Dragon's voice. And it's been confirmed. Dr. Dragon is now the CEO of Bueno Nacho and all of their franchises globally. And Ron recognizes the voice just in time for Henchman behind him to be like, Dr. Dragon is very busy. Also, Rufus is in the window with the evil tray and he's mm-hmm. pointing at it like, hey, dipshit. And here's when I got confused. The henchman is like, set the little Diablos on him. And we get a marching scene, a la the Lion King hyena, of these toys. Mm-hmm. They're maybe two inches to three inches in height. And Ron is mortified. And they don't move very quickly. Mm-hmm. No. And I just thought to myself, kick him. Yeah, he does sure. nothing. Just kick him. Eventually they so become scary. But yeah, in this sure. moment, not scary. You could outrun them pretty quickly. You'd step on all of them. Honestly, why would Ron get on his shitty Vespa when he could run faster than the Vespa? Yeah. He or get on the Vespa and run him over. Like the Vespa does suck in this scene. Well, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> There's I so just, much general Ron I mean, hatred. I hate him. He is so useless. Yeah. They do start like climbing up him, which would be very scary, but yeah. I wouldn't get to that point because I would have stepped on them by it now. Correct. I mean, you say all this, Molly, but you're also the uh, recent fan of Chucky. Yeah. And I'm... Oh, I have a Chucky. I'm not scared of a doll either. Yeah, but you should be scared of Chucky. So, but I'm having a hard time with your logic then. Do you need me to go get him from my office? Absolutely not. He was in here for a week and I hated every second of it. (laughs) You could have moved him. I, you know what? I could have. I just forgot. No, Uh, Chucky I'm just saying that like... 
I don't know that one is one is a horror franchise and the other is a toy and a I, show and they're to, the same. To thing. be fair, I've never been actually scared of Chucky. Even watching the movies, I wasn't like scared. Even that in the house, I'm not really scared sure. of Chucky. Um, I think Chucky, especially the show, what is so good about it is it's like it knows how ridiculous the yeah, premise yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So, but I do think arguably, doll who's embodied a serial killer and has a knife is scarier than small two-inch robot. Let me say, though, I think this is a good plan. Like, I, I, had, some, I had some thoughts while I was watching this. It was like, if I, if I was a supervillain and I needed quick distribution stealthily mm-hmm. of something into a ton of households, Doing that through Happy Meal toy. Happy Meal toy is fucking smart. It is because what's the row? It's the point is for the the toys to go to people's houses, and then what is it? It's going to help them take over. It's going to so basically once they send the signal, they've the technology that Doctor Draken has gotten from Doctor Possible allows the uh, materials that the robot is made of to grow yes. and repair itself. Yes. Right. So all the robots can be packaged as small toys. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he sends out the signal, they grow to be large robots that can help him take over the world. Is that his whole plot? That's the plot. Yeah. Yeah. He's just one of those supervillains who's just like, steal the moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the idea that like, I've made something very small. I need to stealthily get it into homes across the entirety of the world and then once they're in place i can remote trigger them and have them carry out my destruction fast food kids meals is fucking smart gotta give credit where credit is due well done well done dr dragon well done these have all been distributed ron knows that they are evil he runs to prom to tell kim barges through the door trips over the balloon arch what a majestic feature in any party and shouts as the music dies about the plot to kim kim is a bit reluctant immediately to accept what ron is saying but kudos to her going with her gut and years of friendship and also she's been ignoring a lot of the pre-pre-pre-ups thus far at prom decides to give ron the time of day mm-hmm. much to eric's chagrin kim eventually decides like hey Let's see what Wade has to say about the matter. Can we trace back the call? Can we confirm it? Wade confirms everything. And now Kim is on board. This is when we cut to, this is when we cut back to the new secret lair where Shigo is in contact with Dr. Draken going over the plan. Shigo informs Dr. Draken that, hey, Kim knows about the plan. Kim's, Kim is coming to stop us. And Dr. Draken says, no worries. Let's execute the plan as normal. The rest of the world at the regularly scheduled time. Where we are right now, right now. Like, let's go ahead and execute it today. Did you guys notice on the screens that were, uh, where Shiga was staring, one of them was uh, Cinderella Castle? No, oh, I didn't notice of that. Of all her places that were Of all the places yeah. in the world. That's fun. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. They're going to they're gonna take over Disney. Mm. It's going to be a small world situation. Like, <laughs> if the small world <laughs> dolls came to life. Mm. Ooh. Talk about how terrifying that would be. It would, I would be terrifying. I would Do you think that. that's the scariest animatronics that could come to life? Um... Pirates would be pretty scary because they're pirates and they're out to loot and, you know, murder, pilful, rifle, loot. Um, I don't know if they say murder in the song. They pillage and plunder and rifle and loot. Yeah, I changed pillage to, to murder. but They don't have the skills of their character. So, like, Kylo Ren doesn't have the force. He's, He's Kylo Ren. They're all just robots alive. Uh-huh. Could you imagine? But which ones would, like, creep you out? 
if the shaman of song just like stood <laughs> scary. up yeah scary scary whoa yeah i think the velociraptors at velocicoaster would be yeah would be any any dinosaur any, yeah the the carnotaurus like any of the the dinosaurs because they'd be big mm-hmm. and dinosaurs and dinosaurs yeah i think that's that's an easy like creepiest like not overtly scary, but creepiest. I would I would argue Small World's dolls running down the street at I, you would be terrifying. I think the Small World dolls. I think the country bears could be. Oh, also very. Those creepy. are just bears. <laughs> Can oh. I pet that dog? <laughs> Can I pet that dog? <laughs> the bears. What if it was the bears from Knots? <laughs> oh, poison bear. Yeah. We we understand that now. This has been distributed. We are going to execute the plan as normal. Dr. Dragon's like, also make sure to go pick up my boy. Holds up camera of, uh, holds up, I'm sorry, picture of Kim and Eric. And now we're like, ah, reveal. Sorry, I have an answer. You remember the animatronics in the mine at Knott's Berry Farm? No. <laughs> the one with the neck skin not all on? <laughs> no. Those are the scariest That's, animatronics. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. I'll just never forget looking over my shoulder and that dude had no neck and you could just see the red Should hydraulic ride that fluid. that at night during Not Scary Farm? It was so spooky. They should put characters in that. Oh, I would hate it. Um, the cavern scene? Oof. I know. Um, also, I have a question about this movie right now. Okay. So Kim is coming to stop the doc. She's got to fight Shigo again. Well, we got we're we're going to Buena Nacho first. Yeah, we, we go. Gotta, oh yeah, we got to stop the the robots have gotten big. Yeah, they're, they're like the giant Chucky. Us, and this we got to take down the the signal beam. Yeah, at Buena Nacho. Okay, so we do that. Then yeah. she goes to the headquarters. Yeah, and she's got to fight Shigo and yeah. and all that. Where are the adult superheroes? Like, why is this resting on a sixteen year old? Mm. Not only that. And I want to do a real, real like deep callback. And I remember you two were both talking about this a little bit when I came downstairs earlier. Was Kim makes a point when she's buying her prom dress to say that she's done it based on saving a babysitting money. Yeah. And I am I supposed to understand that she is saving the world pro bono? Yeah, I, I have a lot of questions of the logistics of Kim Possible's world saving. Like, who's paying for these gadgets? Where is she getting these missions? Is Wade is just another high schooler and they've just self-organized to stop crime from supervillains like what what is the what is the actual organization of Kim Possible's world saving efforts and how is it financially supported unclear unclear maybe Wade's parents are inventors and he steals stuff from them hmm it does remind me of uh, the part of the Incredibles where they listen to the police scanner and try and go stop crime. So maybe Wade's tapped into like some kind of uh, crime. It might just be listening like, to database. Uh, yeah, know, maybe cops yeah. are like a, maybe there's like a supervillain radio channel he's listening to. Yeah, it might be E10. I'm sorry, what? E10? E10 is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well folks please be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts it really does help us out follow us on all of our socials if you want to join the conversation join us on discord what if we really did just end it right there we're just gonna not end this movie we won't get to the rating (laughs) 
the impetus for Kim to go to the headquarters, though, <laughs> is that Dr. Draken has called him and like, I've got your boyfriend held captive. Mm. And that's the, really the impetus for her to go. She shows up, fights with Shigo in a new super suit that she's got that's a prototype. That's a Tron suit, by the way. Mm-hmm. Ron... For the first time ever, unintentionally is helpful where he decks a sumo ninja. The ninjas have returned, by the way, specifically the sumo ninja. And regardless of all of this, they are taken hostage as Eric reveals himself to be Synthodrone number 901. And he electrocutes Kim. I have to, just a quick note on sumo ninja. We don't need to uh, linger on it. But when sumo ninja comes back and is fighting, he is revealed to have a very high-pitched voice. Mm. And Kim and Ron laugh at it because he's such a big human and he has such a funny high voice, Um, which I had to laugh because I looked to see who was voicing him, Kevin Michael Richardson. And the first line under Kevin Michael Richardson is known for his distinctively deep voice. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. We have this conflict. The betrayal is revealed. And now Kim and Ron are hostage. Ron with a pep talk. Kim has given up. And this is when we get a scene that I'm happy that Rufus cut short. Because Ron is about to confess his feelings to Kim in this situation. And he's like, there might be somebody in this room who likes you. Mm. And Kim's like, oh yeah, really? And he's like, uh, um, uh, Rufus? Because Rufus shows up. I would be like, yes, Rufus. I like Rufus too. And Kim's like, Rufus? And this is when we have, uh, we are reaching the climax of this film. Rufus is able to uh, free Ron and Kim from their bindings, but not before a funny lipstick joke. Yeah, at one makes. point Rufus puts on the lipstick. It's cute. Kim, Ron, freed from their bindings. They go to begin fighting once more with Shigo and Eric, because Eric has now joined the fray. Dr. Draken doing a Ron, not really doing much at this yeah. point. Just kind of observing the situation. Side idea, man. As this fight is unfolding, Kim and Shigo evenly matched. Again, very good action sequence. Ron getting his ass kicked by Eric. Mm-hmm. Who ultimately comes and saves the day is Rufus, as we have this EMP gun that has been designed by Wade that will, it's effectively the plot gun, that is here to shoot and immobilize the massive beacon that is letting out this signal. It nearly falls off the edge of the building. Rufus gets it, saves it, brings it back to Ron, who throws it to Kim, who shoots the dart that is caught by Eric Mm. at the top of the tower. And this is when Rufus saves the day. Yep. Because... Eric had made fun of Rufus in the past. Rufus heard it, so he bites Eric's foot, bleeding out his his fluids, his synthodrone fluids, a la Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, as the Nazis look into the Ark of the Covenant. when he goes to deflate, that's an actual nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like, Eric deflating is nightmare fuel. Yeah, but the thing is, you don't fuck with Rufus. That's true. Agree. You don't fuck with Rufus. My name is Rufus, and that's the truth. Rufus. As balloon deflated Eric falls falls backwards, he plugs the EMP into the massive antenna that blows. And this is Kim kicks. Just we had to pause. Kim murders (laughs) Shigo. Yeah, she kicks Mm -hmm. Shigo into the exploding antenna. Mm -hmm. And I. Had to pause and go, what? It, it collapses. Like, on Shigo her. Shigo goes in and it collapses on her. She should be dead. I wrote, well, I guess Shigo's dead. Cut to Shigo in a van. 
I, I guess not. She's in the van. <laughs> she did not go. Oh, she didn't die. You know what I mean? She yeah. just got some frizzy hair for the for the altercation. Yep. But what's important is we wrap this movie and go to prom. Yeah. Kim drags Ron by the hand to prom. They are dancing as they and they're wearing Kim's wearing they, her like torn they, and burned dress. They walk in holding hands and everyone cheers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie is like, oh, they're dating. She's dating the nerd. And everyone else applauds. Yeah. Even Brick. Even Brick. Brick's nice, though, because Brick watched on TV, I guess, that Kim saved the day and was like, hell yeah, Kim Possible. And Bonnie's like, no, we don't like her. And then Brick high fives uh, Raven. Yeah. Monica. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have for the third time in this film, CCR begin to sing. Uh, one thing that I noticed about the songs in this movie is mostly just narratively explaining through song what is occurring in front of us. The subtext becomes text. And that is to say that now Ron and Kim recognize their feelings for each other. And so that they were going to start a burgeoning relationship. And this movie ends on a kiss between Kim and Ron fade out to the exit to the exterior of the high school where it says the end fiend. Hmm. And that's how we wrap Kim Possible. How are you feeling, Molly? You know, Alan, if I had a nickel for every time a badass teenage girl saves their respective world, starts dating their shitty subpar best friend named Ron, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird. It's happened twice. Mm-hmm. 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 I think, you know what? I think uh, for Kim, I think her ego was bruised from Eric. Yeah. And I think Ron said something nice to her. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I don't think it's going to last. Yeah, I don't think they'll end up together. But I think it's that thing where it's like, oh, you date a jerk and then you end up dating the nice guy because. Yeah. uh, But it doesn't always work out that way. She'll end up finding somebody that's equal value. She needs to because they can. So, they they should, should always be, nice. be best friends. They should still be nice. They should always be and, besties. Yep. But I think Kim needs someone both romantically and also on her action squad that yep. is uh, of her of her standard. Agreed. I've got to know what your ratings are for this film. Again, I, I think it is a hard one to rate. Because it mostly feels like a long episode of television. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, So it's tough to think about it in the same realm as other DCOMs that we've done. And there's absolutely a realm of nostalgia here, much like Jet Jackson, much like um, some of these others. I remember these characters. I think about them fondly. But as we've talked about... um, Really love the animation style of Kim Possible. Always have. I think that I agree, Alan. I think the music in this movie is pretty good. I like the characters largely. Um, I think the action scenes in this are are fun. There's very funny moments. Uh, good fight scenes. I already said that. Um, I am going to give it a seven. Interesting. That's my rating, too. I was going to give this movie a seven for very much the same reasons. It's a nostalgia blast that I didn't know I was going to get. Love, love if you mentioned the animation. I, I also just want to like give kudos to the voice acting cast yeah. and chops of this, of this film. Just really cool to, to have the, the, as soon as their voices sort of hit my ear, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I know these people and we're And whether or not it's from Kim possible, even though a lot of it is like hearing them voice act is just always a warm hug because they've been in so many, like voice acting is a profession where you like, if you're good and you're in a lot of stuff, like we can pinpoint who you are at a certain point. And it's really cool. This to, cast is happen. crazy stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the people I was looking at for Armageddon were like, 
just so many TV shows from our childhood, yeah. like you're saying, yeah, like so many animated series across Disney and Nickelodeon and Transformer. Like it was just like, yep, it was crazy. Um, I was gonna give this a seven, but then I gave it a six point five because of Ron. Sure, wow. So I had to knock it. I, yeah. I truly, I mean, it's it's a meme at this point, but I do not like that character at all. I think he brings down. You know, this is probably watching it as we do with twenty twenty three eyes, but like just the. I didn't like the romance plot at all. Mm. I think it's much better if they're just best friends. I I didn't like that they shoehorned that in. It felt, yeah. um, but I agree with all the good things that you guys said. But I just I really didn't like that plot. Um, and speaking of things I really didn't like, I I decided to Google if there was ever a Rufus meet and greet like in the parks, like because I know there was oh, Kim boy. and Ron, but yeah. I didn't know if Rufus ever came. Sure. I didn't find a, a picture of Rufus. Uh, from a meet and greet in the park because I did think that's probably terrifying. What I did find is what he looks like in the live action. Oh wow! Please show. Oh. No. Okay. Wow! I don't love that thing. That's and I'm gonna have to look at it for yeah, a whole like, movie. Look sometime. how look how cute that thing is. The yeah, animated adorable. one, and then look at that thing. I hate, <laughs> I hate it. Listener, Whoa. I am not happy. <laughs> That's that's going to live in my nightmares. If you want to Google it, listener, you sure can to see what Rufus looks like in the 2019 live action. Well, I do have a review for you. Okay. From IMDb. I, I want to let you know that I read this and I just was like, I can pinpoint, I think in my brain, exactly who wrote this review. Okay. So I'm going to do my best to embody that and read it to you all. I'm ready. <clears throat> the title of this review is Ron and Kim. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's real cute. Too bad I ran away when they kissed, of course. My face was burning red because my parents were watching too. I really like Shigo. She is cool. Yeah, I bet she's cool. <laughs> but I think that Rufus the mole rat is the best. Huh. Go, Rufus. Anyway, I would like to see more on the subject of Ron and Kim. It's cute. It kind of reminds me of Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. Anyway, that Eric guy is evil. I mean, every villain <laughs> I mean, every villain is lemons, haha. But he was cute. Before he became oh. a psycho robot, face-melted dude, the sumo ninja rules. He was hilarious. Really funny. Boy, is he fat. <laughs> Okay. Wow. But sumo ninjas like to be fat. Kind of strange, huh? The disco ball is cool. I have one too. Bonnie is such a snob. I haven't actually seen a stitch in time, but it does. But does it have Ron and Kim in it? Ron's tux, by the way. Um, strange. But it was okay, I guess. Ew, Bonnie, you are mean. I think Disney (laughs) should make it so that Bonnie becomes a villain and Shigo takes over the world. She could do it, but she just can't be bothered. Ron and Kim are so cute. Wow. That was so many that thoughts. Is a lot. That was a lot of thoughts. To process. 10 out of 10. Sure. Of course. Oh, the live action Ron, I might like him more. We'll see how he holds up. Uh, is the kid from the Goldbergs. Ooh. Who I do tend to like. Yeah. So we'll see. So yeah, that's our review from uh from IMDb for Impossible. I have to tell you that the majority of these reviews are novellas. Oh yeah. They are very, very long. Like we're talking like, look at that. That's six paragraphs. That's a long review. So in any case, that's the Kim Possible movie. So the drama. So the drama. What do we got coming up next week? We have Go Figure. It is a a figure skating and hockey. Ooh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Back to winter sports. Love it. 
Well, folks, that brings us to the end of the Kim Possible movie. So the drama. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. It really does help us out. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials. And if you'd like to join in the conversation about this episode or any of our episodes, join us on Discord. We'd love to have you. But until next time, friends, when we get to watch Go Figure next week, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 If you wanna pay me, if you wanna pay me, it's okay. I need care for what's in you.